0: Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell O'Gaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Alright, let's um, praise God. Alright, let's get into the Word and um, see where the Lord leads us tonight. Father... Thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can I get a good amen? amen. All right. We We started talking on the office of a prophet and... Um, we've seen from the Old Testament and a couple of scriptures that we've read on how the the prophet's office operates, how the prophet's office operates. And this evening, I want to wrap up this teaching. There's a whole lot more we can study, but I want to wrap this up by distinguishing or separating the office of a prophet from the gifts of prophecy. And um, it's a very important distinction. It's a very important distinction. Then, first of all, I, I did say last week about the fact that Jesus was the one person who was a carrier of the Spirit without measure, which means that Jesus stood in all the five offices. Jesus was referred to as the prophet. Okay, so let me give you some scriptures to that. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse... Matthew chapter 13 and verse 57, Jesus was referred to as the prophet. Matthew 13 and verse 57, Jesus was referred to as the prophet. And they took offense at him. They they were not, uh, when Jesus was teaching in the synagogue and um, they got familiar with him, they got offended at him. And I've always said that familiarity is what stops the flow of the anointing. Uh, in, in, in a place or in a congregation and they took offense at him but Jesus said to them a prophet referring to himself is not without honor except in his town and in his own household so Jesus here referred to himself as a prophet Matthew chapter 21 and verse 11 Matthew 21 and verse 11 please follow all the scriptures that we're reading it's very important That you follow them. Matthew chapter 21 and verse 11. And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. So Jesus was referred to as a prophet. Mark chapter 6 and verse 4. Mark chapter 6 and verse 4. Mark 6 4. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor. Except in his hometown. Luke seven sixteen, just going through the the, the the scriptures in the gospels. Luke chapter seven and verse sixteen it says, Fear gripped them all, and they began to glorify God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. Luke chapter twenty four and verse nineteen. Luke chapter twenty-four and verse. Nineteen, Luke twenty-four and verse nineteen, and he said to them what things, and they said to him the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty indeed. Jesus the Nazarene who was a prophet mighty indeed. John chapter four and verse nineteen. John four nineteen. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. This was the woman at the well. John chapter 4 and verse 44. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. I, I just want to say something about this. That when you, when you are... It's important that ministers of the gospel are honored, and it's important that they are received in their offices. But if you study the words of Jesus very carefully, even the Lord Jesus Christ, you would recognize that at, the, at his very hometown, uh, he wasn't accorded the honor that was due him. And as a minister of the gospel, um, if you understand what Jesus is saying here, which is not a good thing, but if you understand what Jesus is saying here, he can save you certain expectations and frustrations so that you don't do ministry out of heart in your heart. Uh, so Jesus here testified, witnessed to the fact that a prophet has no honor in his own country. All right, let's get to John chapter 7 and verse 52. It's Bible study, so we'll read the Bible. John chapter 7, verse 52. Then they answered him, you are not... You are not also from Galilee, are you? Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. So Jesus referred to as a prophet. John chapter 9 verse 17. So they said to to the blind man again, What do you say about him? This was the blind man that was healed by Jesus. Since he opened your eyes. And he said he is a prophet. So we recognize. Now there's a reason I read this. And there's a reason I... Um, I'm sharing the scriptures with you because if Jesus is referred to as a prophet, it means that if the gifts, according to Ephesians chapter 4, came out of Jesus, that means we should look at modern day prophets operating like Jesus. Their operation should be like Jesus. So, because Jesus himself was referred to as a prophet. Are we, are, we, are we clear on that? Because if Jesus is a prophet, then of course, we should be able to see in the life of Jesus how what a prophet should operate. And in fact, every minister of the gospel should seek to emulate Jesus. And that's very important. We must understand very clearly that Elisha is not our pattern. Jeremiah is not our pattern. Ezekiel is not our pattern. No popular prophet in the world is our pattern. Our pattern as ministers of the gospel and as sons of God is Jesus. Jesus is the example that God is giving to us. So every prophet, even in our own day, should operate to mirror the standard that Jesus has given to us. Amen. Alright. Now, um, we want to look at the, the, the difference between the gift of prophecy and the office of a prophet. So come with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Interesting reading in Ephesians chapter 4, but I want to point out something to you there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4. Go to... Let's start reading from verse 1 very quickly. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to work in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. And it tells us what this manner is. With all humility, pay attention to those things. Humility and gentleness. With patience. Showing tolerance for one another in love. And I've always said this. Why will the Bible say we should show tolerance for one another? It's because things are going to happen that we need to show tolerance. Do you agree with that? Are you here? Okay. In love. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father over all who is over all and through all and in all. Pay attention to that phrase. Verse 6. Pay attention to that phrase. We have one God and Father. Now they are setting words used there. Pay very close attention to them. It says, "Is the Father... Of all. Who is what? Over all. And what? Through all. And what? In all. That's something that needs to be studied. That's something that... Don't just run over those words. Those are something... Very solid things to be studied. Now, verse 7. But to each one... How many? To how many people? Each one will mean what? everybody, everyone, but to each one of us, grace was given according to what the measure of Christ's gift, to how many people, to each one, right, so it means everyone who has been baptized into that one body has the measure of Christ's gift, is that correct, okay, now hold that somewhere in your mind, Verse 9, sorry, verse 8. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. But understand that everybody already has grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. But now, he gives gifts to men. Okay? And he who... No? Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth? He would descend, that is himself also, he who ascended from above all heavens, so that he might do what? Fill all things. Now, verse 11. And he gave what? Some. Some would be a few from, from all. Am I right? Okay. So, if I say, this is an example, if I say, um, I have given everybody 100 naira. This is an example, and then I say, and I've given some 200 naira. What would mean, What I would mean by that is, everyone has 100 naira, right? Hello. And some have what? But the some that have 200 does not mean that every does not have hundred. And everything is near. Okay. Alright. So, and he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. For the purpose of their gift, the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the Building, pay attention to that word, very important word, building up of what? The body of Christ. Now, pay very close attention so you don't miss this. The fivefold ministry, I've taught this before, and the purpose of the fivefold ministry, the fivefold ministry was given to do what? To do what? The answer is there. To do what? To equip what? The saints. So that the saints will do work. The saints will do work. The work of service. That word service is the Greek word diakonos. It means ministry. Now, as they do the work of service, what's going to be the result of them doing the work of service? The building up of the body of Christ. So let's come again. Here, every saint has grace, gifts, according to the measure of Christ, Ephesians four seven. Ephesians four eleven, God takes some out of this psalm, takes some out of this every and equips them, impacts them with the offices of apostle, prophets, teachers, pastors, teachers, evangelists. And the reason he did he did that is that this psalm will equip the word equip is Kadatiso means to teach, to impact, to teach, to grant and all of that. To teach or equip the saints so that the saints will do work. Do the work of ministry. Now, it is not the pastors who do the work of ministry. Pay attention. It is the saints who do the work of ministry so that what will happen to the body of Christ? The building of the body of Christ. So the building of the body of Christ is not done by pastors. The building of the body of Christ is done by saints who have been equipped so they can function. Are we together? Okay. Now, so having said that, it's important to understand uh, that God gives gifts, right? So First Corinthians chapter twelve. First Corinthians chapter twelve. Now we're going to go to First Corinthians chapter. Um, let me see something here. Okay, hold your. Okay, come to First Corinthians chapter twelve, but. First Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 should be read together. You, you shouldn't study it differently. Don't study 1 Corinthians 12. You now study 1 Corinthians 13. You now study 1 Corinthians 14. Actually, those three chapters ought to be studied together as one. But let's come to First Corinthians chapter 12 first of all, and let's see. Who knows what First Corinthians chapter 12 says? Okay. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 1. Now, consigning spiritual gifts. Now, I've taught, I think I've taught a part of this, but that word gifts is in Italics. It's not supposed to be there. The translators put it to help us in our understanding, but it's not supposed to be there. Actually, it should read in the original Greek, now consigning spirituals. That's how we should read. But let's read it the way it's written. Now, consigning spiritual gifts... Brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Verse 2, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, pay attention. Now, there are varieties of gifts. I always want you to pay attention to that word gift. Remember the gift of Ephesians 4.7, uh, Ephesians 4.11, and just just... When you read, as we do the study tonight, anywhere you see building, gift, just put it in your mind. Now there are varieties of gift, but the same what? Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same what? Lord. There are varieties of effect, but the same God who works all things in what? All persons. Does this ring a bell when you read? Ephesians that we just read about God in all, through all. Right? Right. Okay. So, it's the God who works all things in how many persons? All persons. Okay? Now, now, what actually, what actually stands, not stand out, that shouldn't be the purpose, but what actually makes you to understand the scripture more is when things like this make a meaning. Don't just read them. You know, you have to see how these things connect. You have to be very patient. If not, you can just go through it because you're looking for something. But this is key here because we're going to talk about the fact that every believer can prophesy. Every believer can prophesy. Okay? That's where we're going to. But see, God who works. So God is the one working. God who works all things in how many persons? I didn't hear that. How many persons? All persons. Okay. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. This faith here is different from the faith that every believer has. This is the gift of faith. Alright? And to another gifts of healing by one Spirit. So, if you study this carefully, you realize that um, gifts of healing uh, its it's plural when it comes to healing. It says gifts of healing. Okay? But to another the effecting of miracles or the working of miracles and to another prophecy to another prophecy to another prophecy and to another the distinguishing of spirits now the distinguishing of spirit actually is what you call the discernment of spirits now the discernment of spirit does not mean that you see only evil spirits because most times we only design evil spirits we don't design good spirits but we'll, we'll talk about that for another day. So we see in this place that, pay attention, there is the gifts of prophecy, which is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, you have the power gifts, which are the gift of the working of miracles and all that. You have the vocal gifts, which are the gift of tongues and prophecy. Then you have the revelatory gifts, which is word of wisdom and all that. So, let's, let's read down come to um, it's quite a long reading but we ought to go to First Corinthians chapter 14 now uh, but let's read let's read verse twenty twenty eight, 28 verse 27 let's start from verse 27 1 Corinthians 12 27 now you are Christ's Body and individually members of it. So we're members of the body of Christ. It's very important that you understand that you're a member of the body of Christ. Okay, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, and God has appointed or has placed in the church first apostles. Now this is not an order of ranking. This is not saying apostles at first. No. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Then, miracles. Then, gifts of healing. Helps. Administration. That word in the Greek is kobiagnosis. It means the gift of government. Various kinds of tongues. And I want to say this, right? This was the first. This, actually, the gift of administration was the first spiritual gift that I started operating on. When I started working with that, I, I knew that this was the gift that God has given to me to put things together. So it's always easy for me to put things together, look at, it's just easy. It's, it's you know, sometimes people wonder where the ideas come from. It's it's a valid gift in the body of Christ. Not I don't think many people uh, recognize it and walk in the grace of it. Um, if you see a ministry that has someone with this grace, they will achieve a whole lot more than people with no grace. And I'm not saying project management certification. This is a gift of the Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. Now, what you realize in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we read in verse 10 is the gifts of prophecy. Okay? Now, what you realize here in, um, in verse... What now? Verse 29 is what? The office of a prophet. Did you pick it? Did you pick it? Hello? You guys are very cool tonight. Did you pick it? No. Okay, let's go again. First 1 Corinthians 12.10. Look at this. It says, And to another the effecting of miracles, and to another what? Prophecy. So that's the gift of prophecy. Okay? Now go to verse 29. All are not... um, Go to verse 28, sorry. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second what? Prophets. Right? Third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. Now go to verse 29. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? So... In verse 29 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul asks the question, is everybody a prophet? And what's the answer? No. But in verse 10, he tells us about the gift of prophecy. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, we see that there is a clear distinction between the gift of prophecy and what? The office of a prophet. Is that clear? I didn't hear you. Is that clear? Okay, now go to Acts 21. Go to Acts 21. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts 21. Let's read verse 8. Acts 21, 8. On the next day, we left and came to Caesarea... and entering the house of Philip, the evangelist... which was one of the seven, we stayed with him. Now, this man had four virgin daughters who were prophetesses, right? As we're staying there for many days, some prophets named Agabus came down from Judea, okay? So we see the office of a prophet mentioned with Agabus. So we see here that Agabus occupied the office of a prophet, okay? Now, what's the What's the gift of prophecy? How does it operate? What's the purpose? Why did God give it? Why is it that um, Moses said, I wish that all God's people would prophesy? Why did Paul tell us to covet spiritual gifts in that we should prophesy? Why did um, the book of Acts, you know, on the day of Pentecost, Peter said that everyone would prophesy? Why is it that that is common? Why is it common? Why does the Lord make that gift common? And then, what's the difference between that and the office of a prophet? So, come come with me to First Corinthians chapter fourteen, and let's see. So, Paul talks about the spiritual gifts in First Corinthians chapter twelve. Then he talks about the. Um, then he talks about the, love. Chapter, First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Right. Then first Corinthians chapter 14 he addresses spiritual gifts again. Let me say this to you every spiritual gift in the body of Christ ought to function out of love. That you love the people. Yeah? You there's no spiritual gift that should function because you want people to like you. And that's why I, I this is me. I, I personally have issues with certain prophetic utterances that embarrasses people. They, they might be correct, but if you really love these people and you are seeing all those funny things about them, I think in the spirit of love, there can be a better way to pass those messages across than, you know, just giving a prophetic word that that throws everywhere upside down and all that. So, First Corinthians chapter fourteen. Now, go to verse one. Pursue love. Pursue love. Chase love. <laughs> You know, it's interesting that um, I think I was preaching in Lagos and I was teaching on the God kind of life that produces a God kind of love. It's amazing today that when we hear love, come on, what comes to our mind? Tell me. What comes to your mind when you hear love? Huh? Relationship. Indian film didn't help matters. Running around trees, lying down, kind bow, just... (laughs) You think if that's what Jesus did, you'll be redeemed? Imagine Jesus took flower and was running around the cross and running around the cross and running around the cross and singing love songs. You think you have been redeemed? Right? And sometimes you have a very warped concept of love and that's why sometimes people, people get married to the wrong people. Cause okay, some guys really know how to play that game. Love is sacrificial. It's really sacrificial. True love is sacrificial. True love means that you will lay your life down. Are you hearing this? Yeah. So he says pursue that one. So when he says pursue love, he's not talking about Indian theme and flowers. Pursue love. Yet, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. Have a desire to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says. And uh, as I was studying for this, it's something that really began to bother me a bit, uh, in which we're going to do something about uh, teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. The believer ought to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. These things are not, they are given to the children of God to walk in. A- and they help you in your daily life. That's the truth. To make the right choice. But we've made them look like they just belong to one superpower pastor. You know, sometimes when I teach, um, I'm not trying to play down the role of ministers of the gospel because I'm one. But the truth of the matter is, you ought to teach your people to walk in the gifts of the Spirit because that's where their safety is. You've been at work all day. I've not been there. What about if something happened at work and my line wasn't going? And I was flying somewhere. What happens? Praise the name of the Lord. You know, these gifts of the spirit can help you in your cooking. It's not, that's not the purpose, but it can help you. It can help you to know what to say at the right time. So it's something you should desire. Don't be a believer who is not functioning in any of the gifts. He says, covet them, pursue them, desire earnestly spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. So, why will Paul say that we should desire to prophesy? Now, if we have not done a background study and you have read this passage of scripture and you see this phrase, especially that you may prophesy, what will come to your mind? Huh? When you hear prophecy, what comes to your mind? Tell me. Huh? Calling people's name, All right? Come on now, church. That's what comes to our mind, right? Are you here? Say something. See what, see what others are not seeing, right? Okay, what comes to your mind if without the teaching we've had? So when you hear the word prophesy, that you may prophesy, what comes to your mind generally is what somebody who is calling names, calling what happened. So the challenge is, if that is it. Pay attention. If that is it, why will Paul say we should covet it? Do you think Paul's mind, remember I said First Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 should be read together. Do you think Paul's mind was the fact that if we all came into church, we now started calling each other's name and like, oh, I saw you, you were entering a red car. Oh, I saw you, you were eating uh, beans. Or oh, I saw you, you... Is that what Paul... Is that how our services should be? No. Which means that that's not the core of prophecy. Then Paul goes on to explain that. Go to the next verse. It says, verse 2, For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man but to God. So, when we speak in tongues, we're actually communicating with God. We're, we're, We're talking to God. Now, there are tongues that you're communicating to God. There are tongues that you're using to build up your most holy faith. Okay? Now it says, For no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. So by praying in tongues, Paul says you're speaking mysteries. Then it says, But one who prophesies speaks to men. So prophecy is speaking to men. It's speaking. So it's utterance. It's an utterance gifts. Now, why does he distinguish it between tongues and prophecy? Because in tongues, you're speaking in tongues. All right? So, not everybody can understand what you're speaking in tongues except someone interprets. Okay? So, if you study this whole chapter, you see that. If tongues are spoken, there is an interpretation. Okay? Even your own tongues, you can interpret your own tongues. Just by praying in tongues extensively and listening to your inward man. If you listen to your spirit long enough, I don't know how many of you have experienced it but you realize that sometimes you pray in tongues for an extended period of time then you start praying specific words in english maybe just repeating some words some phrase some phrase some phrase that's Sometimes the interpretation of what you've prayed in tongues and you're praying it out in English. And that's why the truth of the matter is that if you want to cultivate your work with God, you need to spend time. Some of us don't have enough time for God to even speak back to us because our prayer is 10 minutes and we just go, Esha, God, take, care, take care of me, take care of my dog, make sure everything is okay. Jesus, I pray, amen. Bam, you've gone. And how we got talk to you? It's not, you're not fellowshipping with the Father. All right? So, Many times if you pray in tongues and you're quiet in your spirit, you see words. There are prophetic words I've spoken over my life just by praying in tongues and praying in tongues over time. I'll just send some phrase come up in my spirit. And i speak those sp- phrase over time. Speak them over time. So Paul here distinguishes between tongues and prophecies because prophecy is going to come out in English. Okay, it's going to come out. People are going to hear it. Of course, you can prophesy in tongues, but people are going to hear it. He says, but the one who prophesies Edif- no, 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 no. Verse 3. But one who prophesies speaks to men for. Now, the word for will mean the purpose of prophecy. Am I right? All right. So, it says, if one prophesies, this is the purpose. EEC. That's how I memorized that early days that I was studying. EEC will be edification, exhortation, and what? Consolation. Pay attention. That means. When prophecy comes out, what are the three things we're looking for in prophecy? Number one, we're looking for edification. What does edification mean? To build up. The Greek word, oikodome. O-I-K-O-D-O-M-E. It means to build up. That's what it means, right? To build up. It's a building to construct so strengthen, to develop another person's life through acts of words of love or encouragement. That means the first thing I'm looking for if prophecy comes out of your mouth is what? Is this thing building me up? It's not like it's destroying me. It's building me up. So prophecy ought to edify. You know... <laughs> and what's the next one? What is the, the other thing prophecy ought to do? Exhortation Exalt. Encourage And what's the next thing prophecy ought to do? Provide what? Consolation Some other translation will use the word what? Comfort How many of you think if we put this against a lot of prophecies we hear? Right? Hey come on church Doesn't work Right? Do, can you see when Jesus spoke to the woman at the well? How, how Jesus handled the five husband issue? Eh? Come on, are you here? How many of you think if it's today and we tell the woman, I think you have five husbands, and the woman says, No. Uh, and then later the woman are confirmed that she has five husbands. You know, she'll be in trouble. Say, so you mean I'm lying? You don't need that. The woman said, no. And Jesus says, you're right. But you see that when Jesus was speaking to that woman, even though Jesus was given a, 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 a word that really showed the woman was not a very stable person, it came with the edification, the exaltation, the comfort, and that turned the woman to Christ. So the purpose of prophecy is to build up the body, and that's why everybody, Paul says, we can prophesy, because the Lord wants to bring us to a place where we are encouraging and building one another. And prophecy doesn't have to be toss here the Lord, toss at the Lord, toss here, the Lord, toss here the Lord. You know many times, especially when you have a move of the Holy Ghost, why people prophesy like that and it's very forceful, is because they are very resistant to the Holy Ghost. You know, they're very resistance to the Holy Ghost. So when you have an atmosphere like that, when the move of the spirit is going, you realize that you know you would have words coming up your, on your spirit. Just say, God loves you. He <laughs> said, No, I cannot. I will not, I will not try it. And then you keep praying, you keep praying. And before you know, you are overpowered by the Holy Spirit. Then you are running everywhere, running everywhere, they are holding you, shouting, My people, my people, my people, they are who you throw you a chair, you, you after all the energy. Say, God say I love you. Are you? <laughs> I almost said, are you mad? <laughs> like, how do you... So, I love you is why you have caused all of us to sweat like this. You know, it's not that that's how God use. And let me tell you something. It's not that that's how God uses people. It's because we haven't taught people long enough and created an atmosphere where people can yield to the Spirit. And when I started working in the Word of Knowledge, two incidents I remember... That happened to me once in church. Man, I had this word in my spirit. At Fellowship was small, my dad was leading. I had this word in my spirit. I said, no way. Because myself and my friend, (laughs) we had always laughed at people who were prophesying before. So I knew that if I gave that prophetic word, these guys are going home, I'm in trouble. And I was, I did, before I knew I was everywhere around the church. Ah, by the time I finished the prophetic word and the spirit of God, you know, kind of lifted up me. How to stand up was the issue. (laughs) You know, I just waited for the whole church to go. But then I remember, you know, then I began to study along that line. Then I remember one particular incident, very particular incident. That incident was when actually I began began to be very confident in the words of knowledge that God is giving. That's why the scripture says, as we read on, it says, when you prophesy, you prophesy according to your measure of faith. Which means you have to walk on your faith to be able to prophesy and speak words. Okay? Now, um, I was going to Benin. I I can't forget that day. I was going to Benin. And um, usually I would stop at Sapler Road. That's where my friends were. And uh, as I got in the car, I heard in my spirit. Then I started developing the things of the spirit. I think the word I heard in my spirit was just tell this woman that everything will be all right, and God God cares for her, and everything will be fine. I said, No way. I didn't know this woman, and of course, you how would you feel, just a stranger? You know, I think there, just some words. I can't remember the exact, word, but just some words. So I got in the car, and uh, we drove. We got to Saple Road. I was to come down. I still had that push. You need to say this to this woman. So I said, okay, let me keep going. I entered. And you know how, you know, things can be funny. The woman was the last person, you know, to come down in the car at the extreme end, the last bus stop. When she, when she came down and then the driver said, you know when the driver will just off and remove key to say, we're not going anywhere again. So I was like, how will I? I was just like, this was my last opportunity. So I, I said, Sorry. I'm actually supposed to come down and... You know, you... You, you, you man, I just started looking like you, like one beggar. Eh, like, okay, oh, eh, 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 eh. So I was like, I'm supposed to come down here, but I've been having this. You, I, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I just... Sorry, I'm not usually like this, but, you know, after all the lengthy apology I gave her, the word, damn, the woman broke down. She was crying. She said she just needed to hear that from God, that she's been questioning the goodness of God because of the way things are going in your life. I was like, yes, listen to the man of God. (laughs) Listen to, you know, but since that day, I had confidence in the things that God put in my spirit. You see, this is where God wants the body of Christ to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God just put words. It doesn't have to be tossy at the Lord. Some of you feel those words in your spirit. You just feel it's it. Now, I'm not saying go about and anybody say, say, "See, see, see, see. No, that's what I'm saying. But, Listen, God wants this to build up the body, to exalt the body, to bring comfort to the body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And see, we need to teach believers this more. That's the truth. It's not, it's not something special just for Pastor Maxwell. No, it's a gift that God wants the whole body. So when you're writing that text message, God put words in your spirit to prophesy over somebody. He reads them and comfort comes. Are you, are, you, are you following that now? So the three things we must check for prophecy is what? Edification, exhortation and what? Consolation or comfort. So the gift of prophecy is a revelatory gift. Revelation. Prophecy means to speak for the word of God by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is by divine inspiration that a person can reveal things that are known and explain things that are complex and declare the purposes of God. Okay, so we said, Bishop Kid Butler says, it's inspired utterance in your language. So it's not tongues in your language. Okay. The gift of prophecy edifies the body of Christ. It has to build up and strengthen the people of God in their faith. Okay. Um, This gift is activated when God has something to say. It's about revealing God's truth to the body of Christ. Right. So the threefold purpose of the gift is to edify, to exalt, and to do what? To comfort. Alright. Let's, um, let's go to verse 4. 1 Corinthians 14.4 It says, but one who prophesies speaks to men, for, sorry, who, one who speaks in tongue edifies himself, builds up himself, but one who prophesies does what? Edifies the church. So it's public. Now, I wish that all you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is the one who prophesies, than one who speaks in tongues, or let it interpret, so that the church may receive edifying. So the truth of the matter is that God wants us to operate in this gift, to build up the church. Remember when he says build up the church, we are members. We are the church. So it's to build up one another. to build that's why we say he that has a Sam will come he that has a a him should bring God wants the church to be corporate to build one another and the truth of the matter is that um, (laughs) how do I say this without okay let me just say right it's good we have a choir I mean it's beautiful we have a choir but you know if you study the scriptures very well in the New Testament there's no choir right you know there's no choir in any, or you don't know. There's no choir in the New Testament. Okay. There's none. Right. In the old testament you had people function in the office of a Levite. I'm not saying we shouldn't have. But the truth of the matter is that if you are to lead songs in church, this is what you should trust God for. Your instrumentalist should prophesy with the drums, should prophesy with the keyboard, should this is what it should be, right? Just permit me. But what we have is, I don't know if that's what you guys do. So I know you guys are perfect. But what some other churches have is, okay, Sister XYZ, you are singing on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I'm singing on Sunday. Thank God. Then it just goes. See, I, I like reggae beats. So you just be doing. Mm-hmm, 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 so, <laughs> <laughs> so I just did that. Which song we fit? That most tiring, it will not go, it will not go. Jesus must be honored. <laughs> Jesus must be honored. So you do that. True of the matter is that if you would wait before the Lord, if you would stay before the Lord, and that's the, the time you don't have. If you would stay before the Lord, He will tell you what to sing. He will tell you what to sing. They will fit, they trust the Holy Spirit. You know, some of us, because while used to a scattered <laughs> you know, because our concept of when people say the power of God is here, Holy Spirit move, then everywhere just scattered, blah, blah, blah. people are just falling, say, 10, ten people bring them here, seventeen there, So when we hear the move of the spirit is chaos. That is the first so you know the way our church is people feel there's no move of the Holy Spirit é, Yeah! Yeah! Oh! Yeah yeah, yeah, uh! Oh! 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 that Oh! 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 do Oh! 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 don't Oh! Oh! do Oh! 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 You know, <laughs> we were talking, we were talking about hope yesterday. My son was laughing. You know, someone sent us a testimony, and it was brilliant. The person was trusting God for anything, so they came to the office. We, we prayed, just believe God, you know, and and you know, of course, the whole thing, the the the, the full testimony will come later. But the whole thing was just re- reversed. The person was got better, and just, and then, you know, the way the person put it, when well, I pastor prayed a simple prayer, you know, so. I was telling, so I was saying, and then Christ was in the system, I was laughing. I I pray heavy prayer in my private life. You know, but, you know, people feel like, you know, I I want to pray for you now. You're you're close. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you say, Ha, our pastor can pray. I can't do that. If I've done that in my private life, when I call, and, uh, you know, I know people struggle with it. Some of you I pray for, uh, sorry. You know, some of you feel like, uh, the case did not really mean... So, you know, you feel like, I. Ah, it just said you have been. What is it? Even with all what I was explaining. I've prayed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so let me go back to my study. Let me leave that. But, so most times when we talk about prophesying, we just feel that if it is not chaotic, if it is not... You know, if that energy is not there, then it wasn't inspired by the Holy Spirit. No. No. What are we checking if this prophecy is from the Lord? Did it bring comfort? Because you can have all of that and there's no comfort. There's no edification and there's no what? There's no exaltation. So we're not checking the move of the Spirit by the... We're not checking the accuracy of prophecy by... The, and I'm not against that, please. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for the Bible test. Which is what? Edification, exhortation, and what? And consolation and comfort. And comfort. And that's very important. Alright, Romans chapter 12, and verse 6. So... <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Romans 3 or 6. You know, we were early days in the faith, we took our... Ah, it's in those days when we were watching Benny Hinn. Oh boy. When people failed, we knew that the power of God was, was mighty. You know, so many times, and it's not just my church actually, it's not just this local church. You know, sometimes when I go to minister in places, I explain to them how I move in the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, so usually I'll tell them, you know, my gift is usually not very dramatic, but it's effective. Because I've gone to churches to minister and laid hands on people, and I just prayed, and some of them are just still there. So I'm like, you need more. (laughs) You know, and we've had some very remarkable testimonies, very remarkable. I think one of the testimonies that stood out for me was um, a lady in Kenya at Father's Church you know, her, her child had some pains, some physical pains, and the child was at home, the child couldn't play in school, I think i read that testimony here, couldn't play in school, couldn't do stuff in school, and then, they brought the baby, uh, no, the baby didn't, was not in church, the lady came, so I didn't even know what she was standing for, I just laid hands on her, just spoke healing, spoke words over her, the baby got healed, and then the baby started going to school. That was very dramatic. That was very dramatic. So, um, realize that the effectiveness of the Holy Spirit or the power of God is not in the drama. And the reason I say that is because many of us are not functioning in the things of the Spirit because we feel it has to be so. So you pray for someone, you just feel the prayer is not powerful because the person did not shake. Hmm? Or you just feel that, mm, this is my prayer. is not heavy. So what do you mean by heavy prayers? What do you mean by heavy prayers? And some of those things on the minor faith, especially, now, sometimes it is the, the personalities of people. Um, so when, when you get born again and you're preaching the gifts of the Spirit, and I want to say this, your personality can come out in the way the Spirit of God is manifested. And that is not how the Holy Spirit is. is using your person. So for instance, if you're in a ministry like ours, the tendency of operating in the gifts of the Spirit in a very calm manner will be high, because that's how I work. But if you are also in another ministry where the pastor is, you know, ferocious, you know, grabs the mic by the head, and you will always be like that. That doesn't mean we are right, they are wrong. It just means that it doesn't have to be that way for it to be effective. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? So that, again, that does not put you off. Because you can now just go to somewhere where, I mean, there's a powerful move of God and everything, and you just feel like, oh, there's too much drama. However, the Spirit of God wants to move is fine, but you don't have to go that way for you to know that prophecy is coming forth from you. Okay, so Romans chapter 12 and verse six says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Remember um, Ephesians 4, 7 talks about the grace given to how many of us? All of us. Each of us. How many of us here? Each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Right? If prophecy, according to what? Prop, let, let's read that again. According to what? To the proportion of... Pay, pay attention. Pay attention. Very important. The proportion of whose faith? Who will his be here? You. The person who's got the gift of prophecy, if he's going to exercise it, is going to be according to what? The proportion of his faith. So why do you think I can be confident to call people and speak the word of the Lord over them? Faith. My faith. Why won't you do that? Your faith. So what stops people from walking in the gifts of the Spirit? their faith right I mean if, if we had the time like pastor was saying it's something we should have scheduled at the end of this meeting but if, if we had if we had another midweek it's very simple I could I could say I think we've done that before. I could say okay we come on Wednesday and it's just going to be us working in the gifts of the spirit I can pair you up and say just pray whatever comes in your heart just say it to the person you know if you do that You realize that as you pray for the person, as you're focused, pray for the person, words will come up in your heart. You know, sometimes images will come up in your heart, right? Right? Okay. So let me teach, let me teach quickly so that we do that in 10 minutes before we go, right? (laughs) So if you are already saying no, Pastor, just finish the series. That's the issue, right? But if you do that, you'll see that words begin to come out. You'll say words, it might, it doesn't have to be long. You understand? Words will come out. And if words does not come out, don't force anything. But if you do that, you realize that you are growing in faith. Now, it's easy because we are church. It's fine. Pastor is here. If I make mistakes, you correct me. That's fine. Now, when you step out and words start coming in your heart for the black man who is an houseman, You now say, God, don't disgrace me. Let him. do, Do you understand that? Now your faith. But I can go to another country, praise God, and speak words over people. Faith. How does faith develop? Practice. Practice. So it's it's the same Holy Spirit. Right? It's the same Holy Spirit. We can have a meeting where I'll speak God's word over everybody in this congregation. Everybody, I can have a word for you. It's a proportion of faith. Is it? Is because you are a man of God? No, it didn't say for the men of God. he says since we have gifts that differ according to the grace, grace given to us, each of us, each of us that is in the body is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of the faith that you have, of his faith. Praise God. Alright, let me go quickly. Are you blessed by this? Okay. So what's the difference between the gift of prophecy and the office of a prophet? Alright? The gift of prophecy and the office of a prophet. Okay. Okay the gift of prophecy. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of prophecy is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is for, number two, it's for, every believer is encouraged to prophesy. You're encouraged to do it. You're encouraged to do it. Okay? Now let me tell you something. This is very important. That you are walking in the gifts of the Spirit does not mean that your life is in order. That's the truth. So, the gift can flow. It doesn't mean your character is in shape. There is a difference between the gifts of the Spirit and what? The fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is your character. That inward man. Prophetic utterance is a gift. The person who walks in the gift of prophecy is defined as a saint doing the work of ministry. So this person is doing the work of ministry. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This person is doing the work of ministry. Let me tell you something. If you want to be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, always spend time praying in the Spirit. Always spend time praying in the Spirit. And uh, one of the things that... One of the ways God can use you to walk in this gift, you realize... And it happens to me sometimes. You realize that God just wants you to send a message to someone. You just feel like, I should send this message. I should send it like this. Right? Right? Those are those are gradual ways you can begin to walk in this gift, and they would help you. They would help you. Is it that's why I says covet this gift? These are the things we should seek for when we come to church to walk in the in the gifts of the Spirit, walk in the gifts of healing. All right. Those desires, and maybe maybe that's why I don't know, but I know God has called me into the ministry, but. Even before I decided I was to get into the ministry or before the call of God came very strongly in my life, I was always inspired by revival stories. I, you know, I read a lot of revival stories. Read God's General. It was so inspirational. Just seeing what God did through men. George Muller, how he built an orphanage of 10,000 kids in Bristol, England. Never had to ask for money. Always prayed for the money to come. You know, the Songhai Rice Miracle in China where they had tons of rice Tons of rice, food multiplying in Mozambique. John G. Lake planted 600 churches, you know, in South Africa, the AFM the A- the A- the churches. Uh, he started something called healing rooms in, and began to train people to pray for the sick um, in Spokane, Washington. Called them the healing technicians, train them to pray for the sick. Put up healing rooms in all of Spokane, Washington. And at that time, Spokane, Washington was declared as the healthiest city in the world. He was arrested at the time for practicing medicine without license. I mean, those stories just inspired me. And if you're a believer and you immerse yourself in those stories, you see that the desires of your heart, even though you, you will begin to yield in a certain direction. You know where our problem came? It's when every time when we teach in church, we began to make Mark Zuckerberg as our example. Elon Musk your mates. my Zuckerberg built Facebook at twenty, at twenty-two. You are still your mother's house. Look at you. Jesus died to give you break. The guy just left, <laughs> the guy will just leave church. His mind nice. What can I build? What can I build? What can I build? There's nothing wrong with that. But how many of you realize that when you listen to our messages, we don't hear missionary testimonies in our sermons? Come on, how many of you? There are some missionaries I know that some people are hearing for the first time. No idea that those people ever existed. Those should be our role models. That should be our role models. You know, it's amazing sometimes that I go to some churches to preach and I give, you know, talk about some of these guys, and then people come and like, "Who is that? We want to buy the book. I want to read about that. We want to read about this. We want to read about this." Ivan Roberts and all these people. You cannot want to walk in the gifts of the Spirit, and you 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 cannot want to prophesy, and your mind is loaded. Right? Your mind is loaded with all kinds of faith. That's, that's, that's what you will see. There is a discipline to the things of the Spirit. There is a discipline to the things of the Spirit. So you either have to make your choice. Are you going to actually build the body? Because there are a lot of people you guys are reaching that I will never reach. They are, they are your co-workers that will never listen to me and they will listen to you. And if you start working in those gifts in your offices, there will be a blessing. Praise the name of the Lord. there will be a blessing. Hallelujah. Alright, so the office of a prophet. What's the office of a prophet? Number one, the office of a prophet is not just a gift from God. It is something that God positions the man into, calls the man into. God said to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I called you as a prophet to the nation. So it's an office that God puts a man. God chooses the office and it's not our choice. The one distinction between prophesying and the office of a prophet is the fact that prophesying is for everybody. We've read it. Moses said, I wish that all God's people will prophesy. Paul says covet, desire to prophesy. So, one of the distinguishing factors, the major distinguishing factor is that prophecy is for everybody while the office of a prophet is for those whom God calls. You cannot desire to be a prophet. Praise the name of the Lord. You cannot desire to be a prophet. Then, the office of a prophet works with a combination of many spiritual gifts. So, the office of a prophet can work with the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the gift of miracles, or the gift of faith. Okay, so there is a combination of many other gifts that work in the office of a prophet. The office of a prophet also is to train, to equip, to direct, to govern the body of Christ. So we see, just like in the Old Testament, we also see that it's a higher responsibility. It's a higher responsibility thank you lord jesus it's a higher responsibility okay so the office is a higher responsibility it's part of the fivefold ministry it's part of the fivefold ministry so the two the basic distinction is why that all of us can prophesy the office of a prophet is reserved it's a calling it for people hallelujah it's a calling it some are given that office. And the primary purpose is not just to call, but the primary purpose is to do what? Is To equip the body, to train the body, so that the body ought to build one another up. Let me give you a quick example. How many of you, since you started coming to church, your ability to explain scriptures to others have... Improved. Let me see by the show of hands. Your ability to explain. I'm not saying to just to explain to have improved. Okay, quite a number of you. How many of you? Other people have recognized your understanding of scripture is now deeper. <laughs> well, deeper. <laughs> okay. How many people? Nah. I don't know. You see how we have messed up words there. Eh? <laughs> okay. How many people? Um, how many people? How many of you? Others have recognized, maybe your, your understanding of scripture has gotten a lot more better. Uh, let me see, by the show of hands. People just feel like, yeah, okay. Third, how many of you now, for instance, studies, study more? You just, okay, let me not use the word study more now. Because I say you, you don't have time. How many of you have the desire to really like, ah, I think there's a lot I need to study? Okay, so almost everybody. Okay, how many of you have followed that desire and have studied more? Let me see. Uh See where the problem is? Okay, now, do you know why? You know why? Because I'm a Bible teacher. That's my gift. So if you are under my ministry, that part of that gift comes on you to understand scriptures, to explain scriptures, to have a desire to study scriptures. Okay? Now, if I were to be a prophet, this is where we need maturity in the body of Christ. Now, there are other teachers who probably would teach you and when you listen to them, what just comes to your mind is that this guy can't teach. My God, he just blew our mind. You know, I don't teach that way. Right? I don't teach because I want to blow your mind. That's not how I teach. I teach because I want you to understand. So that's why I ask you, let's read this. That's why I use the example. That's why I'm not using big words. You know. That's why sometimes I even use pidgin English. I mean, I want you to understand. So it's different. If you sit under a teacher who just wants to impress you, you will not have a desire to study. You will want new revelation. What's the new remark? that our man of God will bring. Okay? So, you are just... It's like the athenians They are crying for something new. Ah! And you are just living there and saying, man, man, man. No, that's not activating you. That's impressing you. Activating you means that the teaching dimension in everybody who comes to our local church is activated. Right? And you're able to explain scriptures a bit more. You understand scriptures a bit more. Now, if we have a prophet come to us, What a prophet should do to you is that by the time a prophet is done with you, your prophetic dimension should be activated. Uh, Do you understand what I'm saying? So, let's say you you come into a meeting of a prophet, you should live with a prophetic dimension activated. You stay under a church like ours, your teaching dimension should be activated, right? And then, what do you do? You are equipped... You have a teaching dimension equipped, you have what? A prophetic dimension equipped. I mean, you sit on that evangelist, what happens? He activates the evangelistic dimension. So you realize, for instance, that as a church, our evangelistic dimension is not very high. Okay? Because my office is primarily as a teacher. So what I'm just trying to say is this. These gifts were not given to impress. They were given to equip the saints So that that dimension in you should be unlocked. And you can function and use it to build the body. Now, if you are a pastor, this is where sometimes, if you are also called, I am primarily called as a pastor and Bible teacher. Now, if you are called as a pastor, God gives you a bit of all of this functionality because of your flock. So you realize that once in a while, spiritual gifts are activated, things are done because of the flock. And one of the primary giftings given to the office of a pastor is wisdom. Because you're going to deal with a lot of people. You see, and that's why in the body of Christ, <laughs> you must stay where God has asked you to stay. Because he's put those gifts in for you. And then, you must also endeavor to take whatever is in that house and receive it and walk in it and be bold to walk in it. Just be bold to walk in it. Both to work in it. So the gifts were given for what? Activation. Not just to impress. Not just to impress. To activate. So if you hang around here long enough, one of the first things that will happen to you is that you will have a desire to read your Bible. Hmm? I know people who just come to a church and the first time, you know, and oh yeah, they're just sitting and looking. After about one month, they now buy a Bible. After two months, they buy a note. Because everybody around you is writing. You know, you just look strange. Why? That dimension. After a while, you can now explain scriptures as it is. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Open up. Go go and play the keyboard. You can cut off my recording. Let's do practical.